Honestly, nursing can be hard. I feel like I learn something new every day on the floor. This is a safe place where we can be real, vent, and hopefully help others along the way. If you're a down-to-earth person with an open mind for learning, this podcast is for you. Welcome, Welcome to, to Code, Code Blue and Bull. And Bull. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Code Blue and Bull. This is Cordero. And Monica. Where we talk about nurse life, raw, unfiltered. Truth. And today <laughs> is... You guys, I'm not going to lie. It is a little bit embarrassing. I'm pretty sure I'm okay. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 But I have been quarantined for 14 days. Yeah, you got to scoot over a little bit, man. All right, man. So let me just tell y'all kind of a synopsis of what happened. I feel like that's my favorite word. But... What are you quarantined for? Okay, exposure. But that's what I'm about to tell them. But they don't even know what you... What happened? Like, what's... What? I'm quarantined for COVID-19. Oh, my gosh. Ah, shit. I live with her. Yeah. I'm surprised, honestly, that Cordero did not send me to a hotel. Like, I was joking about it at work, you know, prior to me knowing that I was going to get quarantined. But I'm very happy that you didn't send me off to a hotel. I think I'd get pretty lonely there. We just have to be extra precautious. We'll talk about some of that. So, in this episode, what we'll do is talk about... Monica's going to tell her story and why she's quarantined. <laughs> and then we're also going to give you some the CDC guidelines for um, for PPE and precautions. And we're also going to go over a couple of the surfaces that you should be wiping down most often and a few other little things. So, Monica, tell right. us what happened today. <laughs> so You're supposed to be off, first off. First of all, you guys... I read my schedule wrong, and I wasn't even supposed to go into work. So I wake up, do my normal routine, show up at work. Mind you, I was, like, extremely exhausted. I didn't sleep very well. So I already felt delusional. That has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to share that. (laughs) So I show up to work, and they're like, Monica, I don't see you on the schedule. Like, you're not supposed to be here. And I was like, like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go home, you know. And they're like, well, if you want to stay and help, you know, we can pay you bonus pay. I said, say less. Bonus pay for us right now at this moment is $20 an hour additionally. So you got to get that money. love, especially I was just doing um, basic tasking work. So I was super grateful for that opportunity because, first of all, I already had my coffee. I wasn't going to go back to bed, and I already drove to work. So I stayed on my typical neuro ICU floor and was just tasking. Um, I got a little busy, and then I get a call from my charge and she says hey you know monica do you want to go help in the general i see you with some of the covid exposure and i was like cool like no problem like i'm a kind of person that's down for anything and to learn to get general i see and i've been wanting to get that general i see you experience that is my dream to eventually move down to that floor just because for my future goals as far as accomplishing whether i want to become flight nurse or crna but that's on another topic so i I jumped for joy, you know, I was like, heck yeah, like, I'm always down to help, so... Did you literally jump for joy? No. So, I hate you. So, I went downstairs, and I got my PP, not my PP, I got a mask, and I got a different set of scrubs, um, and this will kind of go into what really happened. I just want to have a disclaimer. I really wasn't told exactly what kind of PPE to wear when I was in the room getting the additional scrubs and the mask, um... There was more PPE there, but nobody really told me anything. Mind you, of course, I should have spoke up and I and I should ask more questions like the usual Monica does. But since I was just tasking, I didn't put too much mind into it. 
So I go on about my day. I'm helping like in and out these patients room, have my N95, my gown, my gloves. And we get a message that, you know, one of the patients was positive. And I'm in here like wiping this patient down like he was just covered in poop. And I was just, you know, doing my due diligence and helping this man out, get him cleaned up. Just your typical nurse duties. Right. And it's that's what I was there for, for tasking. I had my N95. I had my gowns. I even had double gloves. I switched my gloves plenty of time. And um, people, I don't like blaming anyone at all. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a whole RN. I have the sole responsibility of knowing what PPE to be wearing in there. But mind you, last week, the PPE requirement for um, an isolation positive COVID patient was a sterile surgical, I mean, not a sterile, a surgical mask, I'm sorry, and, and a face shield even if that, and now it's gotten to basically airborne and contact precautions, meaning that you need to have um, goggles, not face shield, goggles. And, uh, no face shield. For us, it's goggles. Yeah, well, if we're following CDC guidelines, we'll get into that later, but it said goggles or face shield, just something see, that covers You see eyes. already, we, we work for the same hospital, different locations, and you see the, the miscommunication as far as the guidelines go, and after today's thing, if I continue with my story, basically, I left the patient's room. Patient was positive. I knew that. I get called down to HR. Somebody basically snitched on me, which is cool because I'm all about, you know, patient safety and hospital safety and not exposing anybody else and slowing down this pandemic. But what I don't appreciate is the floor knowing that this isn't my typical floor, that we typically don't get a lot of COVID in my home floor. And I would have appreciated, I guess, a, a teammate mentality in telling me, hey, where are your goggles? Hey, where is your... Yeah, somebody, there has to be some leadership. Where's somebody your... has to stick up and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, right, and I would have been totally okay with that. Like, I'm okay with getting corrected because when I got out of the room, a doctor actually approached me and the other, um, other person I was in that room with. And he was like, where's this? Where's that? And I'm like, well, you know, we didn't know. And he just kind of educated us. He was a little bit of a rude person, but I mean, I appreciated that. And I would have much rather had something like an interaction like that with a, another, you know, um, staff member on telling me exactly what I needed to wear. Because, you know, what if this this situation was a lot more dangerous than what I was in? Um, it was just I just felt very silly because, like I said, again, I have the sole responsibility of a, being a registered nurse and I should have been more careful. But I think. Like I said, what really annoyed me was just like, I didn't have, I didn't have that support behind me and uh, multiple people saw us, you know, going into this room and I know everything's very stressful on the floor that I'm at because they're getting all the patients on top of their critically ill, you know, surgical patients. Like I get it. I'm all about perspective and looking at both ends of, of this, you know, theory. And maybe people didn't even know I was new. So at the end of the day, I learned my lesson on don't stop being Monica and don't stop asking questions because that's whenever it can get dangerous. And that always goes back to multiple episodes that we've recorded on talking about always asking questions. But I just know that maybe if I was on my home floor, you know, people always check us on the, you know, neurocritical care. They're like, hey, what are you doing? And they're not scared to say so. So I don't know. Maybe I was looking for more of that and I, I would have probably appreciated that a little bit more. But like I said, you live and you learn. And so basically the reason that they quarantined me was because I failed to wear my goggles. 
And I was coughing. Uh, no, let me talk. You weren't there. You told me. I know, but you're not letting me finish talking, sir. It's because I didn't wear my goggles and I didn't wear my hairnet. <coughs> you're disgusting, dude. That's what he was doing. Um. So he was coughing and he did have um a non-rebreather mask on, but you know that still has the two holes in it. But still, like he was coughing, but. Honestly, every time he coughed, I backed all the way up. <laughs> like, I was not playing him because I was just, that was just not what's going to happen. Like, I was, I backed up. And we we claimed him. Yeah, we're in close contact, but I promise you, every single time this man had a, even a trickle in his, or a tickle in his throat, I backed all the way up. Like, I was not about to be playing games. I was going to take extra precautions. But, like I said, in comparison to last week's CDC guidelines, these things are changing every day and to all the nurses out there, it's very important to, you know, read these CDC guidelines on top of your hospital policies. Because the sad truth, in my opinion, is if this is changing this frequently, then from the beginning, they really didn't know the severity of, you know, this virus that's going around. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Like, it's it's just, it's yeah, kind of surreal. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. I think it's just tough on us as nurses because we're literally with the patient all day long so i remember you telling me something about like the viral count could be a lot higher just with how frequently we we're exposed to it right um you know? like for example when i was downstairs a lot of what i saw today um with these covid patients you know the um the pumps are outside the iv pumps are outside they have these long extension cords that reach to the patients most of the patients on are on um rotaprone beds um, a lot of people are getting ruled out or either positive. Uh, I really, <laughs> I oh, really are putting COVIDs on rotoprones. Yeah. Oh damn. See, but there is a lot of. I'm not a doctor. There's That's expensive. A, there's a lot of theory that they're treating this like ours versus you know with pulmonary edema, but with both of those diseases, you would still put them on a rotoprone anyways. Ish. I don't think pulmonary edema is much, but ours is like what rotoprones for. Well, then there you go. Yeah. So there is, we even ran out of rota, rotoprone beds that one patient had to get manually. That's scary. Rotoprone. That is scary. I just think trying to I, rotate a critically ill patient on a vent and put them on their belly. That is scary, dude. I just think that the world wasn't ready for this, especially the U.S. Um, it's just crazy how how high these numbers are increasing and a lot of stuff aren't even getting reported so who knows how many more cases there really are out there at first i wasn't really taking this too serious like i thought it was just kind of like some y'all are gonna think i'm weird but like some form of political agenda you know what i'm saying just because there there wasn't a true answer and it was just i don't know like it just didn't make sense to me or it was like some form of you know i guess upper respiratory infection and it was just kind of going all out of whack um, say what you want, but I guess that was just my initial thought on it, especially with everything going on. But then after going and seeing the actual patients, I was like, holy crap, you know, these nurses are being super precautious, which, which really like, which is really a danger too to the patients because it's kind of like you go into this ethical dilemma of, you know, you need to watch out for yourself because if not, then there's not going to be enough healthcare workers whether you're a nurse whether you're a respiratory therapist whether you're a technician of some sort everyone gets exposed some way going in and out of these rooms because we still have to care for these patients but you do also have to decrease the rate of how many times you're going in these patients room like for me I go in my patients room all the time you know and I give them the care that they they want and that they need so I just couldn't only imagine being a patient in that 
in that setting and, you know, seeing my pa- seeing my nurse outside the window just kind of monitoring me or so yeah, to speak, and, you know? And, like, I guess, like, two weeks ago, we kind of were at odds in because remember we were trying to invite people over and I wasn't really fucking with it. And I wasn't really fucking with it because they may be asymptomatic, but they're still carrying it. You know what I mean? And that'd be us... Well, people over the house, that'd be us taking that bacteria or that virus and bringing it to the hospital and exposing, like, all of our coworkers and all of our patients to it, you know, unknowingly. And, you know, I just feel like we could sacrifice a little bit of fun for a couple months because we have the rest of our lives, you know, just to try to save, try to flatten this curve. That's really what it's about. Totally agree with you now looking at it, you know, 2020 hindsight. But my thing now is... How long is this gonna last? My, we are we are two critical care nurses. Of course, brand spanking new, straight out the womb. We're learning every freaking day. But really, with confidence, how long do you do people, doctors, you know, really think this is gonna go on? Are, are we at the peak? Is there more of a peak? I think I think that um. So what they're trying to do from the reading that I've done is flatten the curve. They say it was spreading so fast and people were getting so sick that it was overwhelming the hospitals and still is overwhelming some hospitals. So it's going to continue to go. It's People are going to continue getting sick, but it's trying to slow down the infection rate. Right. So I think probably by fall, we'll kind of start to normalize some. I think it's going to be going through the summer. I hope honestly. so. My, my thing, too, is a stress that I want to put out there, um, especially in the hospital and patient um, positions. I think people think just because you're not directly working with these kinds of patients, these COVID patients, that you're not going through these stressful times, how somebody would be if they were taking care of a COVID patient. Um, A lot of people need to realize that, let me just make a scenario for you, okay? So you have a floor and there's a suspected patient and nobody knew and boom, they're positive. That puts at least like seven nurses out. A respiratory therapist, depending what kind of floor they're on, that affects everyone on the floor. And whenever you take that many people off a floor or a unit or the hospital, then you end up being so short-staffed on all the other floors because patients are getting transferred in and out every day uh, for certain procedures, stepping them down, you know, moving them up on the tier. So it affects every level of nursing and every level of care in the hospital. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to those nurses that don't even take care of the COVID patients because you are just as equally important as somebody that would be taking care of a COVID patient. Um, and again, not just nurses, any healthcare workers that have, you know, that are in the hospital right now just grinding because the stress is real in the hospital. Yeah, it just permeates everybody. <laughs> like everybody. You just walk in. Like you said, the neuro floor is different than that general ICU. Absolutely. And it's like, on my floor, it's pretty much a general ICU. And you go in, and it's just like, you feel the tension in the air. So it's much like, tension. what? Like, everybody. Like, everybody. The doctors. All the doctors have shaved. That's why I shaved my face. I was like, man, you know, I have to be responsible. Um, but, yeah. I do want to give all the nurses out there a big tip that one of my fellow nurses shared with me. So, if you're taking care of a patient that is confirmed COVID or possible COVID, if you have one of the rooms that have the blinds, you know, have the windows, take your dry erase marker and write what you need outside, like on the window, so that whoever walks by can bring you those materials. That's a good tip. So, for example, one of my patients, I needed a couple things. 
Um, he was diabetic, so I needed um, some of the diabetic strips, you know, the glucose strips. I needed some more green caps for the central line, and I needed to get him a pain medication that I didn't bring in already. So I wrote all this on the board, on the window, and within 10 minutes, you know, another nurse brought me those items, which helps a lot because that saves you time and that saves you wasting PPE for just a couple items. And we need to save as much PPE as we can because it is so scarce, man. They're, they're treating that stuff like gold right now. Really, though? Even uh, the purple wipes. And I just want to put a another two cents on your statement, too. That's really also hard to achieve with a unit that's not team-oriented. Mm-hmm. If they I, don't know you. I can't stress that enough. I don't care if you're working with a resource nurse. I don't care if you're working with... A med surge nurse who came out, you know, who came to help on your step down floor. Like, please, you guys, like, this is the time to respect each other. Like, drop the ego. Everyone's busy, especially critical care nurses. Like, even me being new, like, like, we all know we're smart. Like, we all know what we're capable of. I'm always going to ask questions. I'm like, obviously, today I made that mistake of not, you know, doing so. Um, But I feel like. Team, 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 teamwork makes such a difference. Like, seriously, drop your egos, y'all. Like, okay, you're a CVICU nurse. Like, whoop-de-whoop. Like, we're all working. We're all doing the same thing, like, to an extent. Like, respect each other. That doesn't mean, you know, you you know more than somebody else. It just means you know different things than the other person. And that doesn't mean that they should be treated differently. But more, most importantly, on the floor that you're working on, if y'all don't fix y'all's team mentality then that's going to cause a lot of problems. I'm I'm honestly so amazed on the floor that I work at the the team mentality that we have because I remember when I first started on my floor I had so many people asking me if I needed help and I was like, "Dang, they must think I'm really stupid or something." Like, I swear I got this and I would always ask questions anytime, so that wasn't the reason why they were asking me if I needed help. But then I started to realize like it was a team thing like everyone would go and like round and make sure that if anyone needed help they were there to offer it and if they can't offer that then they at least you know point you to the right direction or they you know no they're just respectfully say no like I can't right now but I will in a second so I just want to really stress on that like team 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 times a thousand on steroids please like help each other y'all facts and it starts with management it does start. It trickles down. It does. We have some really good management on my floor, and I'm super like thankful for that. So to finish up this episode, we just talked about some of the struggles of nursing during this time. I wanted to go over some of the CDC guidelines because that's what we're using at our hospital right now for our PPE. So right now we're treating COVID with standard contact and airborne precautions. So that means... Eye protection, whether that's goggles or face shield, an N95 respirator, not a surgical mask. So with an N95 respirator, those filter out 95% of the particles in the air. So that's that's the big difference between that and a surgical mask. And you need to make sure it fits. And if you're a guy, go ahead and shave off your goatees. It'll grow back. You got to be safe. That's a gown and gloves. So that's CDC guidelines right now. And they're saying that... If you're in the public, they're not suggesting that you wear <laughs> anything. Yeah, you need just, to chill. Yeah, y'all being extra out there. I mean, and on top just of that... stay your six feet and wash your hands. That's It's simple as that. It's simple as that, honestly, because we touch a lot of shit. But even on top of that, every time I see anyone wearing, like, gloves or, gloves or a mask on social media, 
First of all, y'all need to look at what cross-contamination is. And this they isn't, woke, though. Th- and this isn't for nurses. This is for outsiders. Like, y'all are cross-contaminating. Y'all put these gloves on. Y'all touch your phone. Y'all touch your face. Y'all touch this. Y'all touch that. And that's not what the gloves are meant for. You, you're are you're doing the same thing that you would do with your actual hands. So, and then wearing these surgical masks in public. Like, y'all not even taking them out the right way. Y'all, not, y'all, y'all aren't handling the right, proper way that you should handle a surgical mask. Once you touch that... The body of the surgical mask, like, it's contaminated. Like, take it off and throw it away. Um, if you need some more suggestions, definitely look it up on <laughs> CDC as far as yeah. what what exactly to wear. But, I mean, that applies mostly to the people in the hospital environment. Y'all over here in hazmat suits and stuff like that. It's a little ridiculous. And then we have the three surfaces you need to disinfect most often. Okay, what's that? So we have alcohol wipes here at home and... I wipe my phone down, number one. I wipe my phone down, I don't know how many times a day, just because I touch stuff and then touch my phone. So get some alcohol wipes, wipe down your phone, or even if you have, like, little bleach wipes, wipe down your phone. Just bathe in bleach, y'all. Your laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Your laptop keyboard, uh, if you're on your your, uh, laptop a lot. And then the handles in the kitchen. So whether that's the refrigerator, the microwave, or the stove, because you're literally eating in there and you'll be digesting viruses and bacteria <laughs> i think you all just need to people out there in the public that are tuning into our, sh- our channel we really appreciate y'all listening by the way but um i think a lot of people fail to even do hand hygiene the way that you need to be doing hand hygiene just wash your goddamn hands please <laughs> yeah and use friction friction is big. and warm water please okay and don't do that little you know how y'all be rinsing y'all's fruits Thinking that y'all, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all clear the chemicals out of it. Y'all hit that, and that's it. No, that's not how you wash your hands either. Wash and scrub. Okay, there. The way that twenty y'all, seconds. Twenty. Sing happy birthday. Is it twice? You sing happy birthday no, twice. Just one time. Is this one time? Damn. I'm sing your ABCs. There you go. AB said. And then finally, I'm gonna hit y'all with some facts as of what is March 27th today. Mm-hmm. So. More than 16,000 COVID cases total across Texas. Mm. Twenty Only 24 people have died. Um, so if you do the percentage there, it's not very big for the deaths. I think the spread is the scary part. Yeah, the spread is the scary part. Dallas County total has seven deaths, and we have a total of 303 cases. Uh, we had 56 new cases as of 56 new cases yesterday as of March 26th. 66 cases in Collin County, 100 in Tarrant County, 83 cases in Denton County. And, of course, symptoms of COVID include fever. And what's fever temperature? 100.4 or greater. Cough and shortness of breath. But a lot of people are asymptomatic, so. I'm hearing a lot of physicians also say, like, if you are experiencing the fever, the chills, the flu-like symptoms, stay your butt at home okay unless you can literally not breathe do not come to the hospital because you are affecting that many more healthcare workers at that point or go get tested i know at our hospital we're doing a um, they're driving up and swapping people yes and i actually have a list of places that um are actually doing testing in the dfw metroplex let me find that really quick to read that off y'all okay um so american airlines is doing testing from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The qualifications are shortness of breath, cough, fever of, oh, 99.6 or higher when tested. Wow. Mm. The cost is free for that. 
Ellis Davis Fieldhouse. They are also doing testing 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Qualifications are shortness of breath, cough, fever of 99.6 or higher when tested, <clears throat> and the cost is free. Parkland Hospital is also doing one. The qualifications are Parkland patient with doctor's approval or Dallas County first responders, and the cost is free. Neighborhood Medical Center, located off 5917 Beltline Road. They're from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Their qualifications are testing negative for strep throat and seasonal flu or have been in contact with COVID positive, and the cost is free, but flu and strep is 85. There is also a trusted ER, and that is going to be across multiple locations around Dallas, and so you must be exhibiting the same signs and symptoms that I've mentioned above. So I hope that helps anybody out in the public that's not that is a healthcare professional professional or is not a healthcare professional at least you have some sense of um where to kind of go if you feel the need that this is necessary so do what you got to do guys and stay yes at home stay home if you are a non-essential worker so it's an order it's illegal i worked (laughs) at the at the park today but i ain't supposed to be hypocrite munch okay You guys, I know maybe I should be a little embarrassed that I am quarantined for 14 days, but I just wanted to share the realness with you. And if you're a nurse, an experienced nurse, or a new nurse, and you're out here judging me, asking me why I wasn't wearing goggles, et cetera, et cetera, let me tell you, I am a brand spanking new nurse. I never have traveled down to this floor. Again, that's not an excuse, but I feel like I could have had a little bit more backup into this situation going in. But I am also responsible for not asking as many questions. But keep your judgments to yourself unless you're in a situation you really don't know, you know, what you're doing. I was I was being a nurse and I was doing my duty and I didn't think twice about it. I thought I had the, you know, the right PPE as far as N95 gown and double gloves goes. But you learn and you live every day and you learn you live and you learn i always say things backwards you live and you learn every day and like i said the cdc guidelines are changing so it is now our responsibility to also keep up with that and not rely on hospital policies on what exactly they're suggesting because at the end of the day cdc is you know i guess head honcho yeah and leaders take responsibility like honestly this shouldn't have happened in your huddles you should be first off telling your team what we need to be doing for taking care of coronavirus patients and you need to tell people tell your workers if you see somebody not following those guidelines to address it and you don't need to do i think people are scared to speak up sometimes but you have to think about the overall health of everybody exactly you know it's, it's bigger than just yourself and bigger than your insecurities exactly i think i think honestly moving forward i even suggested like and like to my charge and my mentor and my preceptor like hey like we need to start saying across the whole entire hospital how to don this ppe how to don it off where to where to trash it how to how to take care of this trash you know Mm -hmm. we take out our own trash how do we take care of this trash properly and and what exactly is being changed every single day because when i went to you know somebody that's involved in education and I told them about what happened. They were a little confused, too. So that just shows how frequent this thing is changing. So I guess moral of the story is, like, you know, ask a bunch of questions. Don't always rely on your hospital for the educational purpose. Um, of course, like, they're there for you, no doubt. I'm not shading my hospital. I'm not shading anyone that was involved at all today. Like, I, I take full responsibility. It's a little embarrassing. Um, but look it up. 
look it up and this is so my personality looking everything up and asking and it probably was just a slight lapse in judgment a lapse in teamwork um but yeah that's hopping off my soap so is it soapbox 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 all right guys thanks for tuning in had to get that off our chest because she came home and was kind of livid i was pissed (laughs) but we'll continue keeping our distance guess i'm sleeping on the couch (laughs) and uh we're wiping down our surfaces and speaking on that real quick before we exit out there's wipes nowhere i went to target i went to sprouts i went to the dollar store stop being greedy there's not wipes anywhere so what i did was got some disinfectant spray with bleach and just some throwaway rags and we'll be wiping our surfaces with that so be innovative and get creative Until next time, guys, peace out, be safe, take care of yourself, take care of your patients. Adios. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Code Blue and Bull. We hope you enjoyed it. Please leave us a rating and review if you haven't already. Send any questions or comments about ICU or nursing life in general to codeblueandbull at gmail.com. We just might feature your question in the next episode. We will continue making dope content by sharing the raw, unfiltered view of the life of nursing. You guys continue to learn, stay strong, resilient, and most importantly, take care of yourself. Until next time, peace.